following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show right here on WNRI 99.9 on the FM dial, 1380 on the AM dial. And you can also catch us on Facebook Live. And after the fact, you can catch us on Spotify as a podcast. And, of course, we rebroadcast the show every Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock if you are looking for something to listen to on a Saturday afternoon. A little bit about me. I'm a realtor. I work at a company called Remax Preferred. I work with buyers and sellers in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. And um, I love my job. You know, for me, it is really a lifestyle, not just a job. It's a career. And uh, I'm fully dedicated to working with my clients. Um, you know, I am very appreciative by all of my partners that I work with. Of course, we have our sponsors, Beacon Title and Escrow, uh, the closing and title company for Joe Luca Real Estate. We have Don Miller, the principal lender at North Point Bank. If you're looking to get a pre-approval to purchase a home, whether it's a first home, second home, or you're looking to refinance, Give Don a call, 401-241-9676. Vern Rainville, public insurance adjuster. Vern works for you, the homeowner, not the insurance company. If you're meeting with an insurance adjuster, make sure they are a public insurance adjuster so that they're looking out for you as property owner. 484-300-8495. And, of course, GMETS Moving and Storage, Southern New England's number one mover. Whether you're moving from Woonsocket to Westerly or Rhode Island to Florida, GMETs can help you out. And they can give you a quote from their website, gmetsmoving.com. They will also allow you to book your move from the website. That's gmetsmoving.com. G-M as in Michael, E as in Edward, T as in Tom, Z as in Zebra. Moving.com. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about what's been going on in the real estate market. There's been a lot of news as to uh, where we're going, you know, what's happening in the, in the new year. And I have some new data that I want to talk about regarding sales and home values in Rhode Island. Um, but first, we're going to talk about interest rates because this plays into it. So as of today, a 30-year fixed rate mortgage is 692 30-year FHA, 6.2. 30-year VA, 6.21. Now, just a short time ago, those rates were over 8%. Now, generally, when rates go up, fewer people can qualify. So that means there's less going to be less demand for homes that are on the market, of which we already have uh, short supply. Well, as of 
um, the news that came out yesterday, home prices in Rhode Island increased in value year over year, December of 23 to over December of 22, by 25%. So, excuse me, I'm sorry. Withdraw 9.5%. The forecast is 25%. They went up 9.5%. So a house in December of 22, that same house in December of 23 was 9.5% more valuable. This is despite the fact that interest rates were in the 8% range. And that's the prime rate when we're talking about interest rates. So there's still been heavy demand for homes, even with higher interest rates. Rates have dropped since then, and inventory has also tightened up quite a bit as well. We have fewer than 700 homes on the market for the entire state of Rhode Island. We have fewer than 200 multifamily homes and fewer than 200 condominiums. And this is all price points, from the lowest price home to million-dollar or multi-million-dollar homes. With single-family homes, if you, reduce, if you get rid of all the houses that are priced over a million dollars... That takes out about a third of the homes. So a lot of those homes are higher, higher priced and it makes the pressure on the existing inventory that much higher. Okay, so um, when things like this happen, you're going to see fewer sales, air quotes here, because there are fewer homes for people to buy. So it doesn't mean that the market is crashing. It doesn't mean that there's anything necessarily bad happening for homeowners. It just makes, means it's tougher to find a home to buy. Okay, now I, that's when we're talking about residential real estate. We kind of shift gears and jump into the commercial real estate market and the forecast for that going forward in 24 and 25. That's a whole different can of beans, as they say, because the commercial real estate market is um, a lot of these loans are coming up for uh, review, commercial loans. Unlike a mortgage, you get a mortgage today, as long as you don't refinance or go into default, you have that mortgage for 30 years. A commercial mortgage can be reviewed every 18, 24, or 36 months. So you have a lot of folks that have an interest rate that may be 3 4 or 5%. That loan comes up for review and especially in the case of office buildings, they're now in a situation where the income coming in is significantly lower than it was. So the value of the property is going to be lower. So that could force a call on the property. Just some quick statistics about that to give you some perspective. In Washington, D.C., the office vacancy rate is 75%. Let that sink in. The office vacancy rate in Washington, D.C. is 75%. In New York City, there's 110 million square feet that's vacant. 110 million square feet that's vacant in New York City. It's a 20% vacancy rate. So that means there's 80% that's not vacant, but of that 80%, half is unoccupied. So the... the uh, Leaseholders are still paying their rent every month on empty space. When it's vacant, that means the landlord is collecting no rent. All right. The loan delinquency on commercial mortgages for 2024 is scheduled or is forecast to go up to 8%. For 2025, it's forecast to go up to 10%. 
of all commercial mortgages. So we're going to have mass, potentially massive mortgage defaults. This is primarily, the, these vacancy rates in these scenarios are primarily in cities like New York City, Chicago, Boston, uh, Washington, D.C. And a lot of the businesses are relocating, moving to Florida and Texas because um, there are certain advantages to having a business in Florida and Texas uh, because the states are generally run well as it's perceived by the businesses. So they're going to continue to attract businesses from these uh, cities where it's more expensive uh, to operate. Okay. So what does this mean? I mean, personally, and this is uh, just personally, I think that they are not, they being the Fed, the big, the government, they're not going to allow all of these defaults to happen because what would happen then, even though it's on the commercial side, is it would put a strain on the banks who would then have to raise rates on the residential side. So if you have a healthy residential side, you don't want to saddle that with all the weaknesses from the commercial side. So I would imagine there's going to be some incentive or some finessing of the markets by the government so that these uh, banks, the lenders, can lower, adjust the interest rates down on these commercial mortgages, um, whether that's done by the Fed getting involved or whether there's some other type of intervention by the federal government. I don't see that they're going to allow potentially $700 billion in defaults just occur over the next two years. Okay, And I think they may kind of push for rate reductions uh, directly with the banks, um, perhaps lending money to the banks so the banks can refinance and not have to use current rates. But that's just my opinion. It's anecdotal uh, based on my experiences and uh, what I try and read between the lines. But um, we don't want the high cost of capital to adversely impact the residential market because, of course, that's, that's the, you know, um, the goose that's laying the golden eggs right now, okay? Um, every time a residence is sold, that can inject over $100,000 into the local economy when you factor in attorney fees, realtor commissions, landscaping, um, money spent at the big box stores and hardware stores, furniture purchases, all of those total up on average, over $100,000 per sale. So we need to keep that strong and viable so the economy can remain um, resilient and, and get through anything that we're going to encounter. All right. So that's my two cents for the first uh, few minutes of the show. But um, I think generally things are still very strong for the real estate market. Um, but, you know, there are challenges in the economy at, at large. And I've, I've talked earlier in uh, the year that I wanted to start a program for local businesses. Um, I grew up in a family where we were small business people. And I understand a lot of the challenges that a small business has to deal with that are many times overlooked or not even seen by the public. But there are a lot of things that happen and it's almost, it can be like, you know, death by a thousand cuts sometimes where you have, if it's more regulations and you have higher cost of fuel and utilities and then more insurances that are required and these things all add up. And we're seeing it even as something as, as um, 
common and as fast food. I, there was a report the price of uh, fast food has gone up uh, over 100 percent since 2014. So that's significant, and that's and these are you know big conglomerates that can buy their materials, their their cost of goods sold at the lowest possible margin, but they're getting saddled with increases in materials cost, increases in utilities, insurance, and wages. You know, the minimum wages in some states is $20 an hour, if I'm not mistaken, but it's at the very least $16 an hour. So that's a lot of money when the person, the job that the individual is, is completing does not require any special skills. So that just gets passed along to the consumer. So these are challenges that are borne by the small businesses. And, you know, I want to give small businesses an opportunity to come on the radio, talk about what they do, what their mission is, and what they offer to the consumer free of charge so people can learn about them and hopefully they can get some more um, business. And so I'm really excited and looking forward to learning about um, a business that we have on this week, Blackbird Farm, right out of Smithfield, Rhode Island. And I want to uh, welcome you guys to the show. And um, thank you very much. If you could just talk a little bit about yourselves and the show, that would be great. Uh, well, thank you for having us here, Joe. Uh, means a lot. Um, we, uh, we try and provide the best meat product in the state of Rhode Island raised uh, right on our farm. Uh, we like to say raised right, right, right here in the state of Rhode Island. And, uh, you know, we have beef. That's our main main protein that we sell. But we also have uh, pork and uh, locally raised chicken from Buffoni's Farm that we sell. And uh, right now we, uh, we launched our online program. It was, uh, oh, I guess, what was that, about a year ago in February? And uh, so right now, if you spend $125, you get free shipping in uh, New England and surrounding states. Um, so if you're buying a new home or, uh, or moving, you got, uh, you know, we got some bulk packages to fill up your freezer and, mm -hmm. and uh, maybe make it a little easier. If there's a storm or something, it's yeah. going to run out. You can be stocked up. Yeah, you know, one of the things when I was on your website um, earlier today, you have the opportunity for, or there's an opportunity there for people to buy boxed, you know, uh, meat products. And it can be, it's all mixed up and it's, you know, comparatively, comparatively speaking, reasonably priced for basically you're getting the best possible meat products. You know, if it's beef, if it's pork, if it's chicken, um, you know, that's available. Yep. So it was really, you know, I think that's it. Real good item, or people could just buy individual if they want to buy individual cuts of meat. Yeah. Um, so I mean, a, a big thing we noticed was uh, was a butcher box took off when, with the pandemic, mm -hmm. and uh, so we didn't want to copy, but we we mirrored what what they did. We always did our sides of beef and quarters mm -hmm. and eighths, but uh, we figured to mix some cuts and make it more uh, appealing to the consumer. Mm -hmm. um, but we've noticed through last year or two they've kind of gone more to uh um not providing the same quality product they used to mm -hmm. i feel um and obviously we don't you know we want to stick to you know quality right um, and that that's not a local company right that's the that's exactly yeah, yeah I, I believe they uh started up in, in uh boston or mm -hmm. massachusetts area and uh but they obviously 
source out from other farms and packing houses and mm-hmm. whatnot. But everything we have is raised right on our farm, and yep. uh, and it all starts right there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, everything, all the beef is 100% Angus. Um, we choose our genetics for for superior tenderness, flavor, flavorness, marbling. Yeah. Um, same thing with the pork. We choose Berkshire pork, um, and same thing, tenderness, flavor, yep. marbling. Now, yeah. something I just kind of backtrack a little bit that I that I thought was really impressive and cool is your story. It's a family farm, and if you could share with our listeners a little bit about. Um, how you came into the farm and you know you guys got married and that just that, that's just like a fantastic story that I think a lot of people would appreciate so tell our listeners a little bit about that please yeah so uh let's see my mother she always uh she grew up in Gloucester and uh, uh they they had a small farm out there that my grandparents had started uh I think they called it. it was a lucky 12 farm and uh so my father was in uh construction with my grandfather they were in Lincoln and uh they ended up buying a, a piece of land in Smithfield mm-hmm. where uh, to do some in-house work. And across the street, there was a farm. And the story goes, they didn't want any neighbors. So yep, they yep. bought the house with the land. And uh, before you know it, my father met uh, my mother, and they got married. And uh, because my, my mother always had animals, they decided to get some more. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... We're talking 70s, 80s, they, they bought some, some animals, and then before you know it, us kids were born in the 90s. Yep. And uh, so, uh, you know, one thing led to another, and now we got uh, 250 cows and wow. a couple yeah, hundred that, pigs. That, and that's a huge number. I know. I, it's like, I never thought about it, but it's just like, that's a lot of cows. I mean, you know, a lot yeah. of cattle. And so now you also... Um, I know on your, your website you had said like you are a is it certified Angus um, what's the, the term of my, I can't remember like you know basically getting them to breed breeder I guess yeah, yeah. so we have uh, like 70 mama cows and then we uh, so we get about 70 calves a year out of them and then we buy in 6 month old calves start yeah. them on our ration and then get them to uh, 12, 14, mm-hmm. 1600 pounds and go from there. Yep. Um, so not to jump back, but my, my wife, Sarah, here, she grew up in uh, Gloucester as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, her grandfather went out to Wisconsin in the 70s, I believe, and had a dairy farm. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. So. yeah. Sarah, yeah, if you want to, you can bring the micro- microphone closer to your mouth. And Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I grew up in Gloucester. I grew up, um, my family always had animals, too. And mm-hmm. then me and Brandon had met. Um, we were pretty young. And... Um, I was going to school and working a couple yeah. jobs, and Brandon was going to school and working too. And then eventually the farm just kind of grew into something that took full time. Yep. Yeah, we've seen so, an opportunity where people, especially the chefs, they enjoyed the meat. They liked yeah, it. Yeah, I noticed that on your website too. Yeah, a lot of restaurants, they really appreciate the good quality, you know, meat. Yep. Yeah, and consistent. That's a huge thing too. Okay. Consistent quality. So how, now, how is it that, um, like, what, it, what do you do for it to, to retain or maintain, like, a level of consistency? Is it, a, is it a, just about the food? Is it about getting the, the cattle to walk around? And again, please, I forgive, <laughs> forgive no, me for my no. ignorance. I'm no, using all these all. <laughs> terms that are inappropriate. But just, like, like, giving them exercise, giving them the right food. Is it all of the above? Is it just, like, how you breed them? I think it's a it's a lot of that. I mean, it's it's low stress. Yeah. Um, 
you know, bedding them down properly, making sure they're comfortable, especially with the storms that we've had lately. Yep. Um, and then the rationing, meaning uh, feed, the right hay, the right, uh, we, we give them a, a little bit of corn each day so mm -hmm. to make sure we get a nice fat cap so we can dry age them so we can, you know, make things, same thing, add marbling. Yep. Um, a little bit of corn silage as well. And then, uh, and then that's... Yeah, I mean, I would say happy cows are healthy cows. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Same thing with vitamins and minerals, making sure they have plenty of that each day. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, and then same thing. We we don't drop off at the processor same day. We drop off the night before and let them calm down and make sure it's a, you know, I uh, I was reading an article and the best way I understood it was, uh, they get one bad day. Uh huh. You know? Right. So D yep. Make sure it's a less stressful bad yeah. day they can have. You right. Know? Yeah. So as long as you do that, hopefully it, it comes to a good product at the end. And the butchers we work with, they all say it. They they say when Blackbird's meat comes through, it's the best. Nobody yeah. compares to it. That's fantastic. So, yep. So so there are no I have friends that hunt, so I know there are butchers that do, you know, take care of all that processing of the meat. Is it I'd imagine it's it's like not the scale like you would have seen out in Wisconsin when you go to these big cattle farms. I mean it's probably you know, you don't get, like, hundreds of cattle going through at the same time. Or just no, we do bring them to small uh, processors, but yeah. it has to be USDA. You know, that's yep. very important, or else we wouldn't be able to sell the public. So okay. we go through um, facilities that are USDA, Yep. you know, which is very important, too, because you also know that there's rules and regulations that have to be followed to mm -hmm. ensure uh, everything's safe and quality. Yep. Yeah. I mean, USDA has not only... Um, standardization for you know how the meat is processed and stuff, but also the the humane side of it. You mm -hmm. know the animal. You know, uh, uh, sounds a little cruel, but can only be shot once. Any more than yeah. that, the facility is shut down yep. a day automatically, and there's mm -hmm. an investigation that happens. So it yep. makes us feel better that there's no suffering going on and no Absolutely. nonsense. You know? Right, and lots of checks and balances. Mm -hmm. yes. So we are very happy to be using USDA. Yep. Now, how um, are they, you know, going from the farm to the facility is just like you would move a horse, just like on a big truck, like a big trailer like that. And then just, yep, yep, yep exactly. And, and again, I'm going to apologize in advance for this stupid question, but how do they stand up and not like you're driving around? They can't see like you're in the car. You can see where the bumps are coming and where the hills are coming. So you can brace you know, yourself somewhat. They can't. How do they not like fall down all the time? I mean, um. Well, the first step is we don't bring one at a time because they're a herd animal. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's even our butchers know we will not drop one animal. Mm -hmm. So um, they feel a little more comfortable then. And then especially having a few others, if there isn't a rocking. Okay, you know, so they can kind of rock and and just, each other. You know, yeah. taking it slow yep. pretty much and just hopefully have some respectful drivers that yeah, aren't tailgating. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, I love Oh, and you get the uh, the you yeah. know the loud cars or something screaming down the side with the you know that that can seem to make the trailer fishtail <laughs> oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, so yeah, uh, but yeah, it is frozen. You know, which does it does seem to scare some people. But you know, we we feel it's more of a safer way of of doing it. Yep. And a lot of people don't know that 
most of the the meat in the supermarket is frozen. Oh yeah, and it's it's thawed out uh, for consumer convenience. Yeah, you know? even seafood. I mean, a lot of the seafood we eat is frozen. Even if you know it's frozen, then they thaw it out. So you know when you yeah. go to the yeah. market. Yeah, and then the other scary thing is like when you go buy meat at the supermarket. How long has it been hanging around? Exactly. Yeah. Some so, of the best tuna, uh, you know, the, the sushi grade tuna that's flash frozen right on the boat a yeah. lot of times. Same thing with a lot of the the really good scallops that yep. you know come. They're flash frozen right on the boat. And it's no different with the meat. It's, it's cut up, frozen right away, mm-hmm. and so you're not losing any f- flavor or, or tenderness or anything like that. Yep. And, you know, folks, I mean, we're talking about everything, you know, about the meats and how they're frozen. And we talked earlier about, you know, the boxes where you can have like a kind of a selection. Um, you know, think of it as kind of like when you're, you know, buying candy you get a little bit of all these little different things but this is something that could be how many times have you coming up to christmas someone's birthday you have no idea what to get them because they don't need anything you could buy them a gift box of really good quality beef pork chicken or maybe all of one and not of the other you know a lot of opportunities here and you're keeping the money in rhode island supporting a local business locally owned farm um, and, you know, this is what it's all about. You know, locally grown, locally raised food is the best. Um, I mean, we're, anywhere you go or whatever you read, that's always the case. Yeah. Um, you know? A very popular box we were selling this, this winter is our smoking box. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's a butterfly chicken, uh, uh, bone-in pork butt. Um, you know, it's uh, brisket, it's a brisket and, and rack of ribs. Yeah, rack of ribs, and so people getting yeah. new smokers and new pellet smokers and want to yep. try try it out. I mean, it's, yeah, you know, it seems to be a very popular box. We've sold a lot of them, mm-hmm. and you know, and we like to guarantee the product too. So if there is a problem with it, there's something you're not happy with, let us know. Mm-hmm. Please, we'd like to make good on it. You know, you know, we're not here to, you know, to to. to Want to sell the best product? Yes, yeah, you take pride in your work. Yeah, yeah, in your product. And if it's not good, we want to know. Yeah. you know, maybe the butcher messed up, which, mm-hmm. which it does happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody has their bad days, but we want to make good on it and and make sure that everybody's a happy customer. Yep. You know, it goes to that saying: a happy customer tells one person, an unhappy customer tells ten. Ten. That's right. You know? Yeah. Exactly. So. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing, too, with the shipping, it has been super convenient for some of our customers. Even mm-hmm. over the holidays, I could tell there were some last-minute shoppers yeah. that were able to get delivered to them the next day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Plus, now you also have a, a retail component, correct? Yes. We yes. also talk have our farm bit, stand. Talk a little bit about that for our listeners, please. Yeah. So the farm stand's been around for, what, almost like 10 years now? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's, not, oh, it's just a little um, stand that we have. We have some freezers mm-hmm. in it. And we sell everything by the cuts. Yep. So, and we're open every weekend, Thursday through Sunday, yep. all throughout the year. So, yeah, and especially in the summer, we get really busy with grilling season. Mm-hmm. So. And then you have a, a few head of cattle that kind of walk around on the... the and, so, and those that. are actually my grandfather's oxen. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, they're pretty much big dogs. Yeah, all right. Yeah, big dogs. <laughs> Very okay. friendly. Yeah. Yep. yep. And um, we even have a few ponies on the property, too. So it's a big hit for people to bring their kids. Yeah. Yeah. I know, because you just built the new... it, the new structure, like on the far side from Route Seven. Yeah, yeah. we're still working on that, but yeah. that's hopefully we'll have like a little petting zoo. Yeah. So. Oh, we started that. The prices weren't where they were are now, obviously. Yeah. Now yeah. It's, and just time too. It's yeah. a lot of time. We bought all but. the steel to put the paneling up, mm-hmm. and, uh, and right now we have just a makeshift paneling and. 
and uh, now we're waiting to get the paneling we built painted. Yep. And, uh, yeah. So I was another thing, my, you know, uh, we own a paint shop, and, uh, and I'll tell you, paint was hard to get. Yeah. So oh, my yeah. father and brother would tell them they couldn't get black. Well, we wanted them black. So <laughs> right. Of course, they can't get the black tint. Now they can. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. Um, so. so. So, yeah, hopefully this summer we'll have it done. You know, I, we have a lot of families that come. They'll get their meat. Yep. You know, go to our ice cream trailer, get some ice cream, yep. and go hang out with the animals and kill a couple hours. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, I was going to talk about yeah, about the ice cream trailer in the summer, too. That's good. It's, and it, it seemed like I drive by there every day, so occasionally okay. I stop and I pick up some, um, you know, some meats for the, for the house. Um, but I would see, like, you know, the ice cream. We had a lot of people going there last summer, so, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, the restaurants, too, the restaurants we serve, too, are, are very good restaurants. They're, like, the first that noticed, the, you know, the difference in the meat. Yeah. And, yep. uh, Actually, the first chef was Derek from Nick's on Broadway. Yeah. Was our first oh, really? customer. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, and he's been a faithful customer since. Yep. Yeah, he actually takes sides of beef, and uh, we deliver them uh, fresh in our refrigerated truck right to him. And, you know, we bring them in, in the restaurant, and, and uh, he cuts them up himself. And Yeah. So, and yeah. then we got the Newport group. They've been, uh, they started with uh, burgers, eight-ounce burgers, mm -hmm. and they've going on they bought uh, some chuck roast for different uh, products yeah they'll buy cuts here and there but mm -hmm. their biggest sell is the burger yep especially by the water yeah so yeah i mean it's surprising how much burger you think for seafood restaurants right. they actually go through but they go yeah. through a lot of burger oh that's good for you yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's great. That's the, you know, it's a, it's one of the simpler products, but it's, people notice the biggest difference with it, you right. know? And yeah, because I also noticed, too, that you guys have hot dogs and sausage. Right. And that's something that, you know, especially for hot dogs, Frankfurters, that's got to be a huge, well, I know, because I bought them. It's a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people yeah. are like, oh, they're, you know, a lot more expensive. It's like, well, it's, you know, they're using good meat. Yeah. Good ingredients. Uh, they're and made by Central Falls Provisions, too, so it's right in Rhode Island. You know, work together. Paul over at Central Falls, he's been doing it, I think he's a second or third generation. Yeah, oh, wow. he does a wonderful so, job, too. Oh, yeah. He makes a, yep. a great Cherise, a great, I mean, the kielbasa is what he's known for. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. and even the hot dogs, I mean, they're a quarter pound each. That's, yeah. That's wow. a meal. That's, yeah, yeah, that's a meal. <laughs> yeah. You gotta know there's stuff in the supermarket. It's you know they're they're putting a lot of fillers, a lot of yeah. uh, you know nonsense in, and and you know so there's a big difference there. Mm -hmm. You know, um, same with our meat. There's no water weight. You know, I, yeah. I don't know if you ever bought. You know, I remember I was helping out at a steak dinner one time, and the gentleman pulled out a, a prime rib one time, and there was so much water in the bag, it had to be a gallon. And wow. I says, Jesus, you know, you're paying for water. <laughs> yeah. You know and. Our meat doesn't have that, yeah. so it's going to look a little smaller because it's not filled with water. But you right, know, it's, it's all meat. Yeah, it's exactly. all meat, and it's also dry age, so you lose a lot of moisture during the dry aging yeah. process. So, talk a little bit about that for our listeners who don't know. Okay. Uh, so, with the dry aging, we do typically about twenty-one days, yeah. and we like to do that because it adds more flavor to the meat. And yeah. what is wait, so look? What is the dry age process? What is it? So pretty much the um, processors will hang so the sides of beef um, right in the cooler mm -hmm. and um, let it hang out for 21 days before they cut into it. And the reason we, why we like doing that is, and we're able to do that, is you have the fat cap covering on it. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so you have to have a fat cap or else you're just ruining you know, right. sheer meat. So mm -hmm. the fat cap protects it. You'll actually get 
it's kind of gross to say, but a mold on it. Sure, yeah. But it's a good, healthy mold. Mm -hmm. and you got to have it in the right cooler. You need a lot of airflow. And uh, and it breaks down the enzymes, which makes the meat ten, you know, tender. Yep, tender, yeah. And, uh, and obviously, so if you take Omaha steak, you know, for mm -hmm. example, they say theirs is dry aged. Mm -hmm. Well, it's actually, I was talking to a few butchers. It's actually chemical they put in the bag, and they chemically dry age it in oh, the bag. Really? Yeah, yeah. So they don't have to take the time. They don't have the loss or anything yeah. like that. We we got to wait 21 days to actually yeah. get it cut up, and yep. it's losing all water weight, and you you know, uh, so on and so forth. So it's a little different process. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but, but we like to do, even though there's you know a loss, it's still totally worth. Well, the yeah, loss. right, exactly. You know, and to, folks, if you're listening, this this is why you know you have a small business and the business owners they take pride in their product. And yes, you can cut a corner here and make more money, but they have they're looking to put out a good quality product so that it will taste good after you put it on the grill, not just look good when it's sitting on the shelf. Right, right. You know, so these are the things that make a difference between um, you know good quality meats and not so good quality meats. I remember um, uh, there was this a million years ago when I went to um, high school, there was a sandwich shop across from the high school and it was, they had a sign on the wall and it said, good food is not cheap, cheap food is not good. And it's true. You, yeah, you, yes, you can buy cheap stuff. You know, is it from China? Is, why is it cheap? Yep. You know, because good food takes time and, you know, good product for if it's something that's consumed or a good you know fertilizer if it's something that's grown and there's a price for that yeah I, you know? we go to the local fish market and they know oh oh I, uh brandon we got your faroe island salmon in and it's like you know and everybody's like what's that what's that well it's a better cut it's a yeah. good quality you know farm-raised salmon so mm -hmm. it's like that's you know we know food so it's like i'm gonna Gonna, we're going to pay more for, for a better product. Yeah. Know? And you know something Brandon had said to me years ago, but it totally made sense, was um, what you put in the, your body is the best investment you can do. That's true. Yeah. That's true. You know, if you put, if you, if you take care of your body, your body will take care of you. You've got, you can't abuse your body if it's, you know, by not getting sleep, if it's by putting all, you know, food that's not well prepared or you know whatever yeah, yeah. you have to put good food good fuel in your body yeah. yeah and we have a lot of families too that come in and mm -hmm. they even get creative with different cuts they want to try cooking and everything and yeah. um they just say it's just so much better to feed yep. their families uh, now, good quality product. there's a lot of cuts that that you know we offer that a lot of people i guess maybe just don't know about mm -hmm. i mean we get um you know the sirloin flat, the uh, the hanging tenders, the uh, petite um, tenders, yeah, short ribs. There's so Skirts, many different cuts. Flanks but I feel like um, pork hocks. Like, yeah, it's there's so many of these cuts that are underrated and mm -hmm. and, and but. Well, I think personally, I think they're some of the best. Yeah. You know? Well, I think that, and you don't see them in the supermarkets, and the right. people don't see them in the supermarkets. They they just don't know what to do with them. London broil. I mean, it's it's a cut that people are like. Oh, it's. It's from the top round of the animal, so it's uh, so it can be a little bit tougher. But if it's cut right, mm -hmm. you put it on the grill, you cook it medium rare, and you slice it, and you're having a party of five or six. It's it's a beautiful piece to just pick at and have yeah. with some cheese, and, and it's wonderful. Yep. You know? Yeah. I, I, one thing I, again, I know very little of, about 
meat and meat cuts. But one thing I do know is how you cut a piece of meat makes a big difference in how it you know can taste and you know how chewy it may or may not be. Yep. You know, so you need to know what you're doing. And that's we've had to work with the butchers really hard, especially like that one cut the London broil. Usually they cut them, it's the size of the sheet of paper, right. and I go, I, you know, it's too big, it's too, you know, and then trying to cook that the right way is mm -hmm. really tough, you know, so we've we've slimmed them down, made them more easier, now they're, a, a, you know, a, a long rectangle piece, if you will, so now yep. it's more straightforward, oh, okay, slice that this yep. way, and, and whatnot, you know. Um, and, and same thing, we've had to work with them on, you know, the thicknesses, and uh, because... You know, I'm like, we can't send this stuff back. It's right. like, there's no, you cut it up once and you're done. So, mm -hmm. so uh, you know, and it's expensive. And I said, you know, you, you, we got to be able to sell this stuff, you know. Yeah. And it's got to look right because you, you, you buy with your eyes. Exactly. Uh, That's important, too. Folks, you're listening to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show right here on WNRI 99.9 FM, 1380 AM. You can catch us when we rebroadcast the show Saturday afternoons at 1 or on Spotify as well. And we are here with uh, Brandon and his wife, Sarah, from Blackbird Farm, right here in Smithfield, Rhode Island. And they uh, raise black Angus cattle. It's uh, some of the best meat that you are going to have. And, you know, you can buy it as individual cuts. You can buy it in a box with a good selection. Um, one thing that's true is there are no antibiotics, no hormones, no dyes, no water added. You have um, cattle that's raised right, and it's right here in Rhode Island, and um, you can taste the difference because it doesn't have all of that other nonsense in it. So, you know, um, we're just talking, stock your freezer. Uh, you can have with this product, and you'll have locally raised top quality meat um, right at home. Okay, much, much better than you're going to buy in the supermarkets and much better than you're going to buy from the nationally advertised um, uh, uh, meat, you know, farm-raised meat companies yep. because this is, it's right here in Rhode Island. And, you know, they get it. It, it um, goes to the butcher. Everything is, um, what is it, the term, cryo... Um, Cryovac. Cryovac'd. So, you know, it's, it's frozen right away with all of the flavor in the meat. Um, yep. You know, people have, don't know on certified Angus beef, too. That's just a checklist. Mm -hmm. So those are animals are coming from farms all across the country. We don't know what they ate. We don't yeah. know what they were, how they were treated, how they fed. And they go to a processor, and it's just a checklist they mm -hmm. go through. And as they're going through, oh, it's got a 50% black hide. Yep, okay, that's Angus. All right, next thing, uh, see how much marbling it has. Uh, it's grades uh, choice. Okay, that's a that's an Angus. Okay, so that's, uh, I'm glad you raised that. So... For something to be considered Angus, there I, I'd imagine like everything else, I mean, you know, there's some good Angus and then not so good Angus. So it's basically you've got to check all the boxes to be able to put that brand name on it. Exactly. But there are better ways, there are ways to create a better piece of Angus certified yeah. steak. They're going not. by black hide, so I mean, it could be, could be a Semitol, you know, it could be could be most mostly Holstein, you know, a black Holstein. And, Which, uh, those are breeds of cattle. Okay, so yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, know, you know, okay. I was going to call you on that because I know Holstein. Yeah. And I figured Semitol was. But um, so what was the first one you said before Semitol? Uh, 
could be uh, it could be semitol, it could be a black hole steam. Black hole steam. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much what happens with these huge facilities is they could not be a hundred percent true Angus. Mm -hmm. So we do, you know, even a lot of the herd is registered with the Angus Association. So we're pretty true to pure genetics of mm -hmm. the pure breed. Mm -hmm. But um, a lot of times with these big slaughterhouses is they could be a variety of breeds of cattle with a variety of different, um, you know, ways there are ra variables, variety mm -hmm. um, of variables. Well, so. see, before we got into selling meat, we're in the registered Angus business. And mm -hmm. so being in that, we made a lot of friends. And through the friends, you know, they always have calves that don't make the registered cut or don't make, you know, what they're looking for 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 better breeding stock so they sell them to us so we know where to go to get the right genetics to mm -hmm. raise them on our feed and then produce a good consistent product yeah you know? i mean some of these farms that we've worked with we've even got some of our own breeding stock from okay yeah. so we know very we're very close work very close with them so we yeah. know it what well, we're getting good farms they there's a lot of research that's been done in the last 20 years on mm -hmm. these, these animals in, in the angus industry meaning the, the top bulls are all ultrasounded to find out how much marbling they have what their back fat is what their ribeye size is mm -hmm. so they don't have to send them to a processor to find out you know hang them up and find out what their ribeye size is they do it through an ultrasound now yeah actually yeah. if you look through like an angus sale book uh-huh there's a whole chart of what is it marbling um Marbling, ribeye size. Uh, now, so how how can you tell ribeye size before the animal is slaughtered? Through the ultrasound, they can. Oh, through the ultrasound. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and then they use genetics too. So all the animals in the Angus Association now you have to give them blood on, mm -hmm. and they find through the genes what genes they took from the mother, what genes they wow. took from the father, and then they calculate that that gene onto a pedigree which is an estimated progeny difference yeah and tell you what that calf should be carrying for its genes so it used to be a big guess yeah these numbers now it's all a big science you know man that i'll tell you that's that's just so impressive that's I mean, why people say to me they're like well i, I can get wagyu so you can get a good wagyu right but i'll tell you if you go to a good angus farm i think you'll have better yeah okay so wagyu they, that just has like a different um, series of boxes or um, Wagyu it's a, it's a is breed. a breed. It is but a breed. Okay. It's turned to more of a brand. Yep. Yeah. So, so I think more people don't realize that Wagyu is an actual breed of cattle rather than just okay. yeah, think it's just a, a the brand of beef that they get. Yep. Yeah. I've had friends that worked with them. They're a little crazier. Yep. Um, everybody said the uh, Angus are crazy, but we feel that's more the ones that have been on pasture for too long. Mm -hmm. Ours, I mean. We got a 2,500-pound bull, and we scratch him on the back every day. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, we're also working with our animals every every day. Yep. You know, we want safe animals. Yeah. We don't want, you know, anything Any dangerous. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, and I mean, we have our kids around, too. Yeah. So, it's just being safe and conscientious of having good animals yep. with good heads on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. No, I mean, some of the cows we've had for... 12, 14 years old, and we just had the vet out, and a few of them were, were not in calf, and uh, not not holding a calf, and we're kind of sad, because what do we do? We, we're right. almost like family now, yeah. like pets, you know? Yeah. So, but, yeah. Oh, there's always that one that's going to die on the farm, you right. know? Because, eh. Oh, yeah. Well, we got a, a bottle baby out <laughs> by the farm stance. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> he was in the... Um, 
in the harvesting pen, and he just, uh, what happened was his mother passed, mm-hmm. and we had bottle raised him. Okay. And then uh, every week, I just kept asking Brandon, are we sending him this week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you yeah. have to, you have to care. You can't, you know, you just can't be a monster. Yeah, you, know? yeah. you have to have feelings. You know, I, I watched this show um, on Amazon Prime, and the guy who used to do that show, Top Gear. Okay, he yep. bought a farm in England. Okay, and he wanted to become a farmer. Knew like all this guy knew was was cars. So he's kind of like a knucklehead when it comes to farms, and he's got a. He hired someone local to help him, but all of the mistakes the guy makes, and you know, <laughs> silly mistakes. But you also see the things like, you know, you get attached to the to this. I mean, one yep. year he wanted to get into sheep. Oh, yeah, he's going to get a whole bunch of yeah. sheep, and and he thought that was going to be a great way to make the farm profitable and blah blah blah. And and he lost his shirt, and you know, <laughs> and everything. And so it's it's you get like a little bit of a glimpse into like all of the diff- the intricacies and yep. subtleties of you know running a farm productively. That's what my father says. He says all the time. He says I can't tell you what to do if you're starting a farm, right? But I can tell you what not to yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Now what? Is, so what is it? I know you know we have we're dairy farm. You have dairy cows in Rhode Island. You've got Wright's Dairy Farm, and wherever yep. else there are dairy farms. Clayton's a good friend of ours. We work with him a lot. When dairy cows get old, they I presume they get slaughtered for... Now, where do they go? Like, It's a different product than what you guys have. Yep. So, like, do they... Where do they go? Is it someplace around here? Is there like a retirement farm, wink, wink, for um, old dairy cows? Or I mean, we can't speak for rights. We don't know. Yeah, not so I'm not speaking are. for rights. Yeah, I'm thinking no. in general. In general, usually, you know, old get especially at the huge commercial farms. Typically, yep. you ever had a Bubba Burger? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> usually select you know beef, which is like the lowest grade. And what they do is they take uh, the back fat from. The Midwest beef. Yeah. All right. They freeze it, ship it out to one of the packet plants. Like uh, I think Carlisle is one of them. Mm-hmm. I think is the name of it. Um, and they mix it with that select, you know, dairy cow meat just to give it some better taste. And then oh. that's what you have. It's also beef from Argentina that's shipped into our country. Mm-hmm. They take the good Midwestern back fat and they mix it in, and that's what you how you get that cheap grind. Really. Yeah. So when people are like, oh, I can get it for three dollars a pound. Yeah, you can, but it's probably from could be from Costa Rica, could be from Argentina, could be, be from a dairy yeah, cow. You don't you know. You could be an old dairy cow. And I did go to <laughs> Costa Rica one time, and I don't know if I don't know if I could just say this on the radio, right. but uh, one time I was I was uh, we're at the rodeo and I was talking to one of the cowboys, and uh, my truck was stacked with these bags, and uh, it smelled really awful. And I says, "What's in the bags?" He says, uh, "Chicken manure." I said, oh, great, for the melon fields? He says, no, that's what we feed the cows. And I was, let's put it this way, I didn't eat any beef that whole week. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what's scary when you get beef coming in from a different country. You have no idea. Well, right, yeah, exactly. I I didn't know that we had beef from Argentina that was allowed to come into this country. Wow. Yeah, I think they passed a law that they didn't even have to put. They don't have to label it. They don't have to label country of origin. Yep. That's why if you do see made in the U.S. or grown in the U.S. Yeah, it makes a big difference. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So, folks, if you're looking at the packages on beef that you're buying, 
look for made in U.S. because if it doesn't say that, it may not be. But uh, look, if you just buy, go to Blackbird Farm um, and you can check out their website if you want to just buy it on their website and you don't have to um, just have it shipped to you. Or you can go to their retail storefront, which is on Route 7, right um, at the intersection with Lime Rock Road. Um, you can go there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And did you say Sunday too? Yes, yes Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And you can you know, buy the cuts of meat already there. They're all wrapped up and frozen. So I hope I didn't scare any of your listeners, Joe. No, no. I, don't think, I, I think this is tremendous information and really valuable because, you know, a lot of times people don't know what they are, you know, they don't know why what they're buying is so inexpensive. Yeah. Exactly. And There's I mean, a we, reason to it. Yeah, yeah, we get a lot of customers yeah. that co just come into the farm stand and ask a million questions, which we're happy to answer. Yeah. Because you should know how your yeah. food's grown and what's going into your body. Exactly. I remember, I'll top anything that you said with this story, and I'm not going to say where it was, but someone, you know, you can go to these the markets and you can buy, like, some prepared food, you know, if it's lasagna or whatever it is, okay? And this was one of the big national companies and someone went and they bought something and then they were eating it and you know they warmed it up and they got to the bottom of the thing and there was a rat tail in there. Wow. And I, after I heard that story, I never buy prepared food from these big markets. <laughs> no. God. You oh, know, my God. It's just the small local ones, yes, because there are human beings that are doing it that are paying attention. But these national chains, it's like... You never know. You never know. Right. And they don't, you know, they don't take pride. They don't care. They just move it in, move it out. Get the product in, make something, sell yeah, it. Yeah, and That's, they're they're going off quantity, not by exactly. quality. Well, yeah. right. See, Westerly Packing does a lot of our our cutting on our beef yep. down in Westerly, Rhode Island, and you know the inspector is right there mm -hmm. with, the, with the butcher. And see, you know, it makes you feel a little better. I've, I've met a lot of these inspectors, and they're they're very nice, you know. Yep. But it makes you feel better where they're not overseeing this big giant plant, you know. Right. Yeah. Now that, I, again, it's, you just, you think back to like a hundred some odd years ago, you know, my, my family came here a little over a hundred years ago from Italy and they would, they were like from Southern Italy. So they were all like, ag, you know, agriculture. They did, they grew stuff, yeah. you know, and on one side of the family, you know, they came here and they, you know, they bought a piece of land, got some cows and they had the chickens and they had the market. So, you know, they get the milk and sell the milk every day from the cow. They get the eggs and sell the eggs from the chickens. And then all the produce they grew in the garden or, in the, you know, indoors in the winter. And that's how, and when you sold through it, you were done. I mean, it was just but yeah. 100 years ago, 150 years ago, that's the way everything was. Yeah. You know, and we have so many reminders about that here in Rhode Island or in New England. And we people just, you don't see it anymore. I mean, all the rock walls that we have all throughout New England. Yeah, I remember we used to drive around and there was a there was an animal in everybody's backyard, or yeah. majority, you know. And yeah. it's uh, a lot of people have moved away from that. Mm -hmm. just, you know, it's fine. It's a different you know area we're in, but uh, it makes me sad at one one point because it's uh, there was a lot of acquaintances made and a lot of uh, neighborly yeah. know, talking and stuff going on that was then uh, meaning you know uh, somebody's cow got out, everybody went to go help, or so you know mm -hmm. the vet was coming and needed help, and they, you know they'd all go over and. Uh, yep. And, and stuff so yeah uh, but you know I, we have a neighbor down the road he has some uh, some chickens and some uh some goats and yep. so anytime he needs a hand he you know he comes to us and we give him a hand with it you know um so it's nice you know yep. 
Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, I think it's really, it seems like people are, pockets of people are getting back into that. Like a lot of people seem to be having chickens now. I and, do think COVID had a lot to do with that. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, when the supermarkets ran out of meat, we yeah. were very, very busy. Yeah. And luckily yeah. we had the supply for it. Right. But I remember going to Tractor Supply, all the chicks would be sold out. Yes, yeah. All the chicken yeah. food would be sold out. Um, people, even vegetable seeds and fruit seeds were selling out during yeah, that time. Yeah, passing on the phone with the vet because we couldn't get antibiotics. We couldn't get, uh, yeah. you know, which, you know, an animal gets sick. We're not going to let it die. Right. Okay? Yeah, of course. And yeah. So like a mama cow, she, you know, something happens. We, you know, but uh, the vaccines, we couldn't get any vaccines. Yeah. And so. we're like, what do we do? Right. And so the vet's like researching to find out if another one will work and this and that. Yeah. And, yeah. It was just so. a crazy time. But I think since then, people realize yeah. like it's yeah. you should you know grow a little bit of your own food not yep. maybe not all of it yeah. but I just want to clarify, too. I say, you know, we don't feed antibiotics. We don't give it no, to every yep. single animal. But yep. if an animal does get sick, mm -hmm. the vet comes out, and we have a good client-to-vet, you know, relationship. And yeah, so, yeah, you probably, not the vet that you take, you know, little household pooch to. You've got a, dog, a vet that specializes in <laughs> yes. large, yep. you know, large animals. And we right? work very closely with our vet. Yep. Uh, every couple months during okay. pregnancy checks, anytime and we have a problem. Yep. And so, they're, they're great, you know. Yeah. Once in a while, just, you know, once every few years, just have one that goes down. And they go, what do, you know, what do, we, what do you think? And he says, well, we're just going to hope for the best and plan for the worst. Yeah. Know? But give her everything we can to do, you yep. know, meet, meet, do everything we can. And, and it's just hope for the best and yeah. plan for the worst. And that's know? the other thing, too, with animals. You're constantly learning. It's yeah. never ending. Right, I'd There's imagine. always new scenarios or new situations. Yep. Yeah on the farm but that's the biggest thing is i guess just keep learning and moving forward right and learning from everything yeah and i i just you know and again um really you guys are just i'm really impressed it's just your whole concept everything i've learned so much in just like 45 minutes <laughs> um but this is fantastic i mean it's such a, a gem that we have you know blackbird farm right here in northern rhode island yep. you know and you know hopefully some more people have become aware of you now but i um just going to spring this on you. At some point, I want to do some other promotions with you guys just to get the word out. Sure. Yeah. We'll talk about that after the show's you know, if over. There's ever, if there's somebody out there, you know, in, in real estate and selling houses and they yeah. want to work together to maybe, you know, do somebody, you know, fill That's, up some freezers while they're exactly. selling houses. Don't right. be afraid to, you know, email me. And, that was and, one of uh, my ideas. Yep. You know, yeah. I mean, emails. I would be happy if I just got a house and a box of some box, steaks exactly, around the yeah. grill. Right. Because yeah, because a lot of us, what we'll do is, you know, we'll use like, oh, just send a box of Omaha steaks or something like that. And yep. we don't have to do that now because we have you guys. And I'm, I'll push that out to all my realtor friends, too, and let them know about it. Yeah. So, but folks, we are actually out of time. Um, I want to thank Brandon Sarah for coming on the show from Blackbird Farm. I'm going to... Um, try and have them on again in the next couple of months maybe in the spring whenever they have time but i learned an awful lot today the, they have a farm stand on route 7 at the intersection of lime rock road right in smithfield which okay. is right across from terraza restaurant yep um and you can just google them you know blackbird farm yep. and go to their website and see what they have there and um, please check them out because they, it is a great product they're great people and um 
it'll be well worth it. Yeah, we offer, like I said, free shipping. Mm -hmm. You spend $125, and we do a uh, free farm stand pickup. So Perfect. if you want, you just buy it online and pick it right up. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us. Okay, yeah, thank you thank very you much. Thank you so much, Joe. Okay, so. take care. This is WNRI One Socket.